Good day to you all. Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker, and that throat you heard clearing right at the beginning of the podcast was my partner in crime, my dad, Jack Brinker, the other generation. How you doing today? <laughs> oh, I'm all, almost cleared, but just give me another shot at it. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good hefty one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny because, you know, we I, I said, OK, we're ready. And there's dead silence as I hit the record. I hit the theme music. And just as I hit the theme music, you cleared your throat. <laughs> I was like, hi. Right on time. Huh? Yeah. And I can go back and, and edit it. But, you know, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, we edit. Wink, wink. Anybody yeah. who's listened to this podcast knows I don't really edit too much. Uh you know, other than when we've had like technical issues where one of us drops out completely, then I'll try to salvage that recording. But otherwise, eh. yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it is what it we're, is. we're just days from getting the magical Vision Pro. Yeah, computer. The Apple Vision if, Pro is supposed to ship on the second, right? Which is Friday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so here's the big question: Did you order one? No. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, uh, I'm not sure at this point that I will ever order yeah. uh, an Apple display device. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it's it's, it's all like, over the place, and I think it'll yeah. take a year or yeah. two to sort out uh, yeah. a little bit. You know, well, people talk about because, how the iWatch or the Apple Watch was that way, right? When it came out, it was sort of like a computer on your wrist, and then it sort of settled into, well, basically, this is a health device, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's the, sort of the same thing. I think they threw spaghetti at the wall and said it's capable of doing lots of things. What is it you people want to do with it? And yeah. so we're going to find out, you know, uh, what it's going to be. And I think it reminds me also of like I bought the very first iPad. And it was, you know, agonizingly slow compared to what we have today. But what people don't remember is that very first one was a, it was a, 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 uh, individual single version, meaning that the very second one, they redid the body, made it lighter, thinner, much more handheldable. The first one was very heavy, very thick by comparison to today's and even comparison to the second generation. And I think that we're going to see the same sort of like physical changes with this. I think they're going to say, you know, some of the extra expenses that we put into, you know, and I think the obvious one is the, the ability to see people's eyes on the outside. I think that's probably going to go away pretty quick in subsequent versions, but I could be wrong. They may keep that. That may not be that much of a cost to them. And they may say, nope, that's, you know, adds well, value that they see. Well, I see that th- this as being basically a granddaddy that has future generations that branch off in different ways. And I think ultimately we end up with uh, three or four varieties just from Apple. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, Apple, as long as, as well as everybody else sees that, there's a future for a device like this, but that yeah. that 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 device is going to look less like ski goggles and more like eyeglasses at some yes. point. But yeah. how we get to that point and when we get to that point remains to be seen. You know, yeah. um, you know, and it's going to be difficult to sell something uh, at a reasonable price that when they all have to have some 
personalized aspect of them, like how good is your vision? Right, you know, yeah. Do you need to buy extra lenses for it? Yeah. And the rumor <laughs> has it that Apple, I haven't seen anything from Apple, but rumor has it that there's 25 different light shields for different sized faces and heads and, and, and then yeah. two different like, um, in, like the, there's the device, then there's the light shield, and then between the light shield and your face, then is some sort of padding. And the padding mm-hmm. is got a couple different sizes as well. So, sure. so there's, you know, this thing has to be assembled for each individual who's going to use it in yep. some ways. I think that any, you know, we're going to find out on Friday, but I think you're going to find a whole bunch of people going, this is just fantastic and amazing in, oh, in, yeah. in certain things. I think for, and, for and, sitting and, that, and watching like a movie, this is probably going to be the best personal screen for watching a movie ever. Yeah. And, and, and that'll go on for a little while, but. The big determinant for these type of devices is how do they feel after two hours on your face? Right. Yeah. You know, and by not putting the battery in the device, they're doing a pretty good job of keeping it light. But if you look at it, it's got a very wide band going around the back of your head. uh, And that's because all the weight is sitting on the front of your face. You know, there's nothing to balance that, really. And, in fact, you notice all of their marketing pieces show that wide band going around the back. None of them show the fact that there is a strap that runs over the top of the head to help hold it on because it does – it's heavy. You know, especially if you've got a smaller head, I imagine that's going to feel unwieldy on your face. So, so, I mean, you know, it's – And all of those things come after the number one thing, which is the price. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this you can't is already... talk about any. You can't talk about any of these devices without the price being with them. Yeah, and in fact, that's the way most devices that are competing with Apple are talking about their device. First of all, they get your attention, but I can have an almost Apple kind of experience for a third the price or whatever. You know? Yeah, I mean, like the top end um, um, Vision uh, Meta. Um, I don't care what Vision calls theirs. It used to be Oculus, but yeah. uh, their their top end one is is like fifteen hundred dollars, which is less than half of what the Vision Pro is going to cost. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and that's their top end one. If you if you're willing to settle for the other ones, you know. But as as somebody has put out uh, pointed out that the that that Meta's product is essentially a game console. It's yeah. just an on-your-face game console. This is attempting to be something else. It will be able to be pl- you play games on it, but it's going to be something else, you know. Yeah. And what that is, I think, remains to be seen. We don't know. I think Apple has some ideas, and obviously they've had people using them. Well, so, a big part of this is who is building apps for them and what kinds of uh, capabilities yeah. are they are they uh, creating that you can only do with this device. You yeah. Know? Well, you know, you've seen they've seen they've shown you like which apps ship with it, and Apple didn't even port all of their own apps over to it. Yeah. Like like they have a Vision Pro specific version of Keynote, but they didn't do uh pages or numbers mm-hmm. for it. Um now I understand that you can run the iPad version of it within the device. Well, this the reason for the, the those things like lots of numbers is that the only good way that you'd have to uh, fill in a spreadsheet is by a keyboard or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but it, you can pair it with a Bluetooth keyboard. Well, it, it needs to be fast. But yeah, you yeah. Know, typing unless, typing on a virtual keyboard in the air is not going to work. Yeah, yeah. So, and and so, I have so, not seen or heard any anything about like a breakthrough in you being able to say say you know speak to it and say you know sell 
row five or rows, you know, row C column one, enter five, four, one, four, five. Yeah. Well, those, those things, if, if it's important, they'll develop a language. Yeah. Some, you know, somehow. Yeah. Because I mean, audio or audio or vid- visual are still your best cues. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think they have some assistive technology that does that kind of stuff, but it's just, you have to st- speak at a very specific cadence and very clearly and with certain intonations for it to work well. Yeah. So, so there, there's 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 lots of technologies around surrounding the devices as yeah. well as the inventiveness of people's minds yeah. that will that will shape the the future of these things. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how many uh native written applications are available on Friday, you know. So when you get it, when you go to the to the the Apple Vision Pro store is well, we, you know what's there versus We covered we covered an article that had listed a number of them. I don't know if we mentioned yeah. all the things, but the, the the interesting thing is there were some of them that were uh, nothing you've ever heard of before. Right. Know? Well, I think the, the most interesting is the things that have been omitted. Like, you know, yeah. um, Netflix has very specifically come out and said, no, we're not building a, a uh, Apple Vision Pro-specific app. And that also means – and they, they, they've chosen not to make their iPad app – compatible. So if you want to watch a Netflix show in the Apple Vision Pro, you can do it via the browser, but that means that you can't download it. So like if you're traveling somewhere and you want to be able to watch a movie, you cannot do that. Not on Netflix anyway. You can do it with Disney, you can do it with Apple. Yeah. But you cannot do it with Netflix. So So yeah, they're all trying to flex their muscles and yeah. drive drive their business you know yeah well you know apple and disney have always had a pretty close relationship too and i wonder if maybe apple has given disney like exclusive exclusive streaming rights for a period of time and that's why the netflix isn't there because i think you know everything i've been able to discern from this is that one of the major uses of this and one of the major upgrades of this over alternatives like laptops and ipads and certainly phones for, is the ability to watch movies in a in a large screen format anywhere mm-hmm. you know yeah and uh and so I would think that, that a lot of streaming services would want to get on that um you know yeah. of all types of software out there that would be one of the things I would think would be a, a no brainer for you know a high resolution device. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, if I hadn't bought my TV for Christmas uh, mm-hmm. two two years ago, I guess was the first Christmas. So this was the second Christmas this past one. Yeah, so uh, you've had a year and change. So a little, little over a year. Uh, and I figured every time I bought a TV anyway, I've kept it for at least 10 years. Yeah. So in terms of display devices, I can't, I mean, I'm still th- so enthralled with the quality of the machine box that i got mm-hmm. uh the picture part of it and and in fact i'm starting to like the stuff that's included with the os a whole bunch of stuff just thrown in for change mm-hmm. because we're really getting serious about thinking of getting rid of our cable system because mm-hmm. they keep not uh, dropping services uh as time goes by <laughs> yeah, they, else... they seem to have trouble negotiating with service providers don't they <laughs> they do yeah, yeah. Well, this, well, what was it was it one of the one I, of the I, I, major networks you can't get yeah, I'm I'm with AT and T, and they dropped NBC. Right. Okay. And so I can find alternatives now to these things on these other channels. And yeah. so the more times I find alternatives, the quicker we're going to be leaving them. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, essentially, 
you're paying for the act. You know, if you have some of these streaming services, you're paying for some things twice. Yeah. You know, and That's so it right. doesn't make sense. I'm right. doing that, and I have been trying very hard to convince my family to let me stop. I'm at a point <laughs> where I get stink eye if I suggest that we drop anything streaming, and I get stink eye if I suggest we drop cable. And it's like, but you can get to everything in one or the other. Why do we need both? You know, all it is is what you're used to. So if you just get over what you're used to so that you now have to go, you know, go find it a different way, you yeah. know, you should be fine. But it, I, yeah. don't I don't know. It's an uphill battle. Yeah, but but uh, you, you, mm-hmm. you, they need <laughs> whoever's getting used to things needs to get used to the price. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, look at the pill. This is ridiculous. You know, how much we pay for entertainment and we're paying for it twice. Literally, everything is twice because yeah. I have streaming for just about everything that I get on my cable. I mean, I really am paying for it twice and it's irritating. The the thing that I found or here one of the complaints I have is, well, I don't want to get rid of cable because I record the show and then I can fast forward through commercials. And what some streaming uh, services have done is when they play a commercial, they block you from fast forwarding. So you have to let it run. Oh. And so you're streaming because, and, and some of them don't offer a non-commercial version. You know, I mean, it's like if they do, I'd pay you a few extra bucks a month to not have to see commercials. Yeah. But, and, and it, did you just see the recent uh, thing? I think it was yesterday. Am, uh, Amazon Prime is now going to put uh, ads and commercials in your videos. Yeah, in the video feed that you get from Amazon. Yeah, yeah starting at the end of the month. Huh. Yeah, which yeah. is tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if I find it, it, I mean, it's one of those things where you would say if it was just a streaming service and I found that annoying, I would be tempted to just cancel it and say screw them. But it's tied into their Prime. So yeah. here's the deal. You either deal with commercials or you pay them the VIG <laughs> of, a, of a few extra bucks a month so that you don't have to watch commercials. But at least they're giving you the option. There are some of these streaming channels where you watch the, cha- the, the their shows and they insert commercials and they will not let you fast forward over them. And there's no like, hey, pay us an extra few bucks to skip the commercials. Yeah, You're just yeah. stuck. You have to watch commercials. And I find that really annoying. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, anyway. If uh, it's something worth watching, it's probably worth paying a few bucks to not be interrupted in the middle of it, is my yeah. feeling. Yeah. The, uh, anyway, the, uh, pre-ordered, pre-ordering of these, uh, Vision Pro special computers got the attention of the, uh, scalpers and, uh, they, they really went after it. Yeah. So one scalper has it set up his bot, which most people wouldn't do or don't mm-hmm. know how to do and pre-ordered uh 1592 uh computers yeah uh, in one order and so already you're seeing out on the thing don't mess don't wait around for apple if you don't have your thing yet you can go on and bid yeah in some cases or they'll they'll but, just set a price huge markups on these things yeah and from what i've understood if you go on even today and order one it's, you, you'll have it within a couple of weeks. There, there, there is not a big backlog. So either there was more of them made than was claimed or the demand is lighter than expected. And honestly, I don't think it's that the demand is lighter than expected. I think Apple priced it this way to keep the demand down. I think they yeah. don't want a ton of these yet because they want them to kind of be slowly adopted as they figure out what the heck they are and when there's more software and stuff ready for them. 
You yeah, know? and no and no company wants the scalpers in their game. Right. Yeah, and in fact, the uh, I've read several stories about this same you know bot type, probably the same story or same information, saying that that. Uh, a, it's alleged because the, obviously the scalper themselves is good and Apple's not going to talk about it and that Apple has some things that stop you from doing that. Cause you know, the process, you have to scan your face in order to even do the order so that you know, right. so they know which, um, light shield to send to you. And so, um, uh, and Apple has done some things to stop, you know, multiple orders yeah, going I've, to the I've, same location. I've, I was going to say this is a particularly bad, uh, type of article to, to, for scalpers because of the fact that the, they can't sell you the customized experience you get if you bought from Apple. Right. And that's and that's worth something. <laughs> it is. Yeah. In fact, um, I know uh, listening to some podcasts, some other people have ordered them. Almost every one of them ordered them for pickup in the Apple store because of the concerns about, well, I scanned my face, but what if I find out that one doesn't quite fit right? If I go pick it up in the store... The assumption is, and I don't know that Apple has said this, but the assumption is they're not going to let me leave the store until I've got the right fitting part. And so when, if, if I pick it up there and it doesn't fit right, they will let me, you know, swap it for one that does fit right. 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 You know, you spend $3,500, you know, starting price on something, by golly, it better be right from the get-go because, you know, if it, yeah. I wonder how many people are going to find out that they're, they're uh, you know, that they got the wrong face shield and then be reaching out to Apple saying, hey, we got to do this again. Um, you know, Apple has a pretty good, like, no questions asked return policy for stuff ordered, you know, within two weeks. So I yeah. think a lot of people will be going like, you know, I'm happy with the device, but, you know, it doesn't quite fit my face right. Can we try a different shield? Um, yeah. You know, and and obviously when you're pre-ordering it, you're scanning your your own face with your phone. I suspect that if you do it, you know, in store, they might have a little bit more controlled um, environment yeah. to be able to get a better scan or, you know, holding your face more still, whereas you doing it on your own may not do it quite right. You know, right. Right. So, so we'll we'll start hearing about those things uh, after tomorrow. Let's see, Friday, right? Friday. Friday's yeah, Friday's the, the day. So I have a question for you. Uh, Apple announced that they would be starting Friday, also doing demos that you could sign up and go take about a twenty minute demo at an Apple store. Did you yeah. sign up for one of those? Uh, no, I didn't. We had talked about it. I know, and, and I and I said I was going to go down to the Apple Store, and there was always something else got in the way. <laughs> yeah, and I I never did it either. I think you can just do it online, um, but I didn't do it. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I um, let's see, Apple Vision Pro, Vision Pro accessories. I don't know. I don't see a um, a place where you can just say, hey, you know, I want to go. Uh, get a demo of this thing. Yeah, I, I, I might just give the Apple Store here locally a call just to see if what, what's up. You know. Uh huh. No, you know, and call it at a time where I could go down right away. You know, if they're not busy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might be better off just go. Yeah, going in on a whim. I'm. Uh, I'm actually looking at like one of my Apple stores right now to see if there's a um, place to sign up for yeah demos. I uh, 
Apple Virtual Sessions. That's that's just an online service. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, you can reserve shopping sessions, make a Genius Bar reservation for support. Uh, I'm going to see if it's... Uh, yeah, we're not accepting reservations at this time when you click on reserve a shopping session. Hmm. So I have no idea uh, how you're supposed to book an opportunity to get that demo. Maybe they're all booked up and that's why there's no sessions available. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, anyway uh, I just was noticing in MDN, that uh, somebody says, here's what a Zoom call looks like on an Apple Vision Pro. Now, that would be of interest, you know, if you could get get a group of people who could all look at each other and and uh, talk over a Zoom call, you know, conference. Mm-hmm. Whether it can put, put each person in their own screen and, you know, mm-hmm. have little side sessions and whatever. <laughs> I don't know if that's, I haven't read the article. Yeah, the the um you know when you're if if you're in an Apple Vision Pro and and chatting with people what they see is your little avatar uh, that Apple's you know scans your face and creates so they don't see you because you've got right. the thing on your face. So right. um I think it will remain to be seen whether people who are in chats with people using Apple Vision Pros Accept or deny the the avatar being there, you know? Yeah, that's I mean, there's that uncanny valley of looking like an animated version of you that sort of looks like you, but not really. And not and and no expressions uh, allowed in that. It's a that's it's t- totally fake, <laughs> fake face, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's totally yeah. It's completely fake. So. So, you know, the reason for looking at somebody is to get the little subtleties that you can't fake, you know? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, we'll see. There's all, all kinds of integrations with software and stuff like that that people will try to work out. Uh, I, I, you know, you can... Look at the new technology and say, "Ooh, all the, the you can immediately see the, the good parts." But when it comes to how well will it really work, getting job various jobs done, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how well that really will fit in. I'm sure somebody has a better way of doing conferences than Zoom currently, but uh, yeah, it, it, it probably doesn't require uh, one of these things to do it. You know? Yeah. So I'm looking here at an article that's talking about it's a nine to five Mac has an article about booking the Apple Vision Pro demos. And they say to book the slot, you'll need to wait until 8 a.m. local time on launch date of February 2nd. Early slots are likely to book up fast. Uh, so, you know, you may or may not get a spot, but. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you listening? Are you there? Yeah, I I yeah. just it got quiet and I just like, oh no I just was saying I just read that little bit about the fact that that you they I was I was thinking that the uh, they maybe were already open for booking and they're not so uh, 
So even if you and I had wanted to sign up for a demo, we can't do it. They won't even let you sign up for the demos until the day of shipping. So so on Friday at 8 o'clock local time, so you could do it three hours before I can, you can Mm -hmm. uh, go online and try to book a demo. And apparently it's about a 20-minute demo. And they scan your face, and then they use some device to scan glasses to then kind of estimate which kind of inserts you might need based on glasses that you've got. Yeah. And then... uh, well, mo- most of them just say they want you to bring in your prescription. Well, I've well, had these glasses for 10 years. And- <laughs> right. Well, what they're saying is is that when you order it, if you want to order prescription lenses, you have to then have a prescription for them. But what they're saying is when you come in for the demo, they will scan your eyeglasses for prescription lenses, and they'll mm-hmm. use a device to scan your glasses and automatically determine your prescription. They will then fit a, an appropriate prescription lens into your demo unit. Ah. So, so apparently they've just got a set of all the lenses there and they can, you know, pick which ones they need to pop into your, into the demo unit for you to use. Yeah. Now, my guess is each store probably with each demo unit, you know, they've got a whole package that ships with the demo unit, right? They've got each of the different face shields, each of the different uh, face pads, each of the different lenses. So, so each demo unit sort of has all the options that you can then, you know, they can make it fit for you for the test. Well, what they're really looking for and hoping for is that when you come in for the demo, is when you, you're done with the demo, you say, uh, "Make out the make yeah. out the bill, pack it, yes. pack it, pack it up. up let me take home. it home." Yeah, yeah. No, that's they said the actual demo is designed to leave you wanting more. So, yeah. so anyhow, yeah. Uh, oh, here's an interesting thing too. Uh, they said the demo is limited to uh, a maximum of about 25 minutes. And privately, several retail employees have said that they felt that their head was tired and sweaty after about a half hour of use. Hmm. So so they're limiting it to a half hour because any longer than that, you might start noticing that this thing's kind of heavy on your face and it's not that comfortable. Maybe. We'll Maybe. see. Again, yeah. we won't know till people actually are using it. You know, non-Apple employees are using it and able to talk about it. Yep. So. And, and they'll have face uh, identification mm-hmm. to catch you if, if you come in the store again and you said bad things because you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you got really tired or something. Yeah. yeah. They're like, OK, you're banned. Here, here, here's a guy with weak neck muscles. Or something. Yeah. You've been blacklisted. <laughs> Never again shall you use any of our stuff for free. So apparently, too, um, they've got a deal like they do with most other Apple stuff. If you have an Apple card, you can pay it off zero interest over time period. So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, for for those who have uh, the Apple card, that's a benefit. Yeah. Um, so and you get cash back on that purchase too. So you figure what it what is it three percent? So you discount the price by three percent by buying yep. it through your Apple card. So yep. Something to be aware of. Yeah, I figure, you know, um, Friday, I'll go online and see if I can sign up for a demo. Why not? Yeah, that sounds reasonable thing to do. I don't know if I'm doing anything early Friday morning or not. So. So. Yeah, apparently they're supposed to, demos will be available on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
at least initially. There's no been no talk about if they'll continue doing demos later or not. Yeah. So, you know, grab a time slot if you can, I guess. Yeah. They're just trying all the marketing things they can think of that might help sell them. Yeah. Well, I think because it's such a new paradigm for, you know, computing, they really want people to see what it is, you know, to understand what it is. Because you can see a screen like they've got the the little uh, demo thing. You can go to their website and go to Vision Pro, and there's a, a walkthrough. But watch, but seeing the walkthrough on a regular computer screen doesn't really give you a sense of what it's like to have it on your face and what it's like to really see it in front of you. You know, right? Because right. It, it that's what it's changing is how you see things. And so, um, yeah, I think it's important for them to do this because there's a whole bunch of people who, you know, it's not it's not even the dollar amount that, that's putting them off. It's it's what the heck is this? Why, why do yeah. I want this thing? What is, how is this different than, you know, why wouldn't I just bring my iPad with me? I can watch movies there and I can, I can do emails there. Why, why would I want this thing on my face? Yeah. You know? And so you don't know until you know, right? Yep. And I think we're going to have, <laughs> I would bet you run the gamut. There's going to be people who go like, ah, it's too heavy on my face. I can't watch for, you know, more than 20 minutes at a time. Others are going to go, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. You know, how did I ever live without it? You know, there's going to be the full gamut of like, oh, nope, this thing's just, this is stupid. <laughs> you know, well, it, to this some, is some, going to some, save humanity. Something, something this different really upsets the Apple cart at one time. So I'm just seeing a headline here. Apple burning bridges with developers, it, the developers it needs to make Vision Pro a success. This is a Macworld article. Yeah. This has been yeah. an ongoing thing with Apple and developers, yeah. though. A lot of developers feel like Apple is sort of um, very few uh, behaves as very entitled to your, your money on their, on, on your software, you know, yeah. and, and you can only sell it through their off their system. And they're very proud of the work that they did putting together these devices and these, uh, these operating systems. And they feel very entitled to the percent of money that they get. And there's a lot of people who feel like that. It's not even the dollar amount. It's just the relationship seems very frayed. You know? Yeah, in fact, the European uh, people passed this law that you can't sell any computers beyond a certain date if you don't comply with them. And right. already Apple has put it out, put out what their compliance will include. Right. And, basi- and basically, people that have reviewed it, their response have said nobody is going to ever want to buy uh, the the thing through that uh, that mechanism thing because yeah. it actually it actually is worse than it is now. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, you know, they basically uh, the, the the EU has told Apple that they're going to have to allow uh, third party payment processing, That's and it, so yeah. Apple said, okay, fine, then you can process your third party payment, but in order to do that, you have to request special entitlement, which means you have to use our um, uh, third party processing uh, API, which will still track everything that you sell and any use of it and you still have to pay us the fee to use uh the 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 30% or the 15% minus 3% credit card processing fee. So you can process somewhere else, but you still have to pay us to have access to our systems. Yeah. And you know, it honestly wasn't a terrible that wasn't a big surprise to me. That's that's yeah. very much in line with the way Apple 
believes. It's like yeah. they're, they're, they very much believe well, that, well, you know, well, we, yeah. we created this wonderful thing and you should be happy and lucky to be using it and be able to put software on it. Yeah. And, and initially anyway, Apple is going to take the first people that are challenging them government. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That, that challenges them with these kinds of crazy laws and make them pay a pretty heavy price. I mean, Apple will lose some too. But yeah, it, it'll make they, Apple's wants government to mm-hmm. have to think twice about what they're doing to their own people in terms of uh, product availability. Uh, yeah, and uh, and maybe even price. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, that same stubbornness is why Apple uh, had to quit selling some of their watches for a while, and then th- mm-hmm. now they're selling watches that have disabled hardware in them because they refuse to to you know bow down to what I'm sure they view as blackmail. You know, yeah. whereas the Massimo guys are saying, well, you've stolen, stolen our patent, you know, and yeah. and the court has backed them up on that. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I understand Apple's perspective on it. You know, they have put a lot of money and time and effort into developing these platforms, and they absolutely deserve to get, you know, some money out of that. I mean, the, yeah. you know, and so charging a fee <clears throat> to sell software on their on their platforms, I understand that. Um it's just it's it's I don't think it's even so much the 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 dollars and cents of it as just the way they interact with people. You know, they they they, they there's a tendency, at least from what I've been able to gather with a lot of especially the, the smaller independent developers feel like, you know, I mean, OK, I don't have a choice and I'm fine. This works for me. But do you have to make me feel so bad about it. You know, couldn't couldn't we be more collaborative? Can't you acknowledge the fact that part of the reason that your operating system and your devices have been so successful is because of all the software that we've written that people want to use? You know, it's not just people want to use your system and we're piggybacking on you. People want to use our software and we wrote it for your system. You know, not not just that. But see, Microsoft also says they call Apple's proposed App Store changes a step in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So, so they're trying to get in wedge in there, so it helps them. Yeah, <laughs> by well, up to the Apple, yeah. or I mean Microsoft, because of their Xbox, has a large catalog of of valuable software gaming uh, applications. You know, a lot of software yeah. games, and they would like to be able to sell those directly to people and not have to give a percentage of that to Apple. Yeah. And so they want to run their own app store. And the thing is, is this isn't forcing Apple to allow people to run an outside app store it's just allowing them to do their payment processing outside yeah you know and so apple has said fine here's how you do payment processing but in order to interface with our servers which is how you know our store you still have to use our application programming 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 interface and that has a fee attached to it and guess what that fee happens to be exactly what it was minus uh an average credit card processing fee so yep. what's the point of doing outside processing when you're not going to save any money? Yeah. You know, the only thing I could think of is that even though they're making you jump through all those hoops for some developers, they might want to uh, process their own credit card because that means that they then have a relationship directly with their customer mm-hmm. and they can do a couple things that Apple just doesn't support, like uh, have demo versions that you you know you download this for free and then we'll activate it later with a code and you can pay us and we'll send you a code. Um, mm-hmm. Apple doesn't support that through their App Store, so you know it, Apple requires that anything that is on the App Store have value and be functional immediately. So it's either free 
and works, or it uh, you know has some functionality, and then when you pay, you unlock more advanced functionality, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of thing. And when you're doing their credit card processing, you get information about that person. And so if you wanted to then, you know, sell that to somebody for some additional income, you can do that, which you can't do if Apple's doing all of your processing for you because yeah. they're the one who really has the relationship with the customer, not you, you know? Yep. But I've also seen some, some application developer, developers complain that like if there's a problem, if somebody has a problem and wants a refund, they can't even do a refund. You know, they they say you have to go to Apple and Apple will give you the refund or not, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not the greatest relationship for somebody who has, you know, customers using an application that they wrote, you yep. know, and there, you know, I've seen people post, you know, things in their comments, give somebody a one star rating and say, well, he won't say, you know, it didn't do what I thought it was going to do and he won't refund my money. And it's like, well, he can't. He didn't take your money. Apple took your money. So talk to Apple, you know, and Apple does. You know, they do that because I, I, that's, I've read developers say, you know, when you when you get paid from Apple, it's for sales from 60 days ago because they hold on to it for a while in case somebody wants their money back. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's all part of the, you know, you, you see the developers agreement when you sign up as a developer, you know, so you know what you're getting into. If you don't like yep. it, develop for a different platform, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but people want to develop for for uh, iOS in particular uh, because that's where people are. That's, you that's know, where the that's, customer base that's, is. That's right? where your customers are. You know, that's where people are that you can sell to. Um, and that remains to be seen with Vision Pro. I think that's going to be, you know, it's a problem for any new platform, right? Is who wants to develop software because there's only a few people who even have these things. You know, so you're right. if you're if you're creating software for that, you're kind of gambling that it's going to be successful and that there's going to be a continued demand because you're putting a a lot of time and effort into creating an app for that. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of the calculation before you ever start on it. Yeah. It's like, how much time am I willing to put into creating an app for this thing that maybe a thousand people will, will see and a hundred will buy, Right. you know, and obviously those are not real numbers. I'm just making them up, you know, but when you've got literally billions of people who have iPhones, you say, well, that's a no-brainer. There's lots of people who might see my app and want to buy it there. Yep. So, and I can also see, you know, because as a developer, you know, it's it's a little more, you have to do a little bit more prog- programmatical work, but, you know, you can check a box and say, hey, you can run my iPad app on the Vision Pro or you cannot as a developer. You can decide that. Um, and the same thing like, you know, there's you can run your, my iPad app on a, on a uh, M-powered uh, Mac, you know, mm-hmm. and some apps allow that to happen and others don't. And, uh, I can understand why they make those choices. Uh, you know, because why would you want to say, yeah, go ahead and run it on my Mac and then find out you've got a whole bunch of support issues for running it on a foreign operating system, you know, with the wrong kind of pointer and how many extra <laughs> people are you picking up, you know, fractions of the number of users maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. So she's clanking around a lot in the kitchen there. I'm picking that up. <laughs> uh, don't have, I left the door standing yeah. open. That's why. Uh, but I don't know. If, that's not going to cut it all out. But no. Let me see if I can reach it here. There. That sounds maybe a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit. So. <laughs> 
Anyway, I just added to my calendar uh, a notification for a quarter to eight on Friday to start looking and being ready to go and see if I can book a demo. Okay. We'll see if I can do that. That's when you. That's when your store opens. Huh? Yeah. Well, no. That's when it, it said that you can start booking the uh, appointments at eight o'clock on Friday. Uh, it's at eight o'clock local time, so you'll be able to do it three hours earlier than me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get up at you know four forty-five to remind you. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah. I guess it would be five forty-five. So I probably will be awake or close to it anyway. So I yeah. started coaching my high school swim team and we're doing morning practices. So I'm getting up at four o'clock every morning to be out the door by four thirty, so that I can get to the pool and be on deck by five. Wow. Yay me. Four o'clock. Yeah. Well, that's seven. That's about seven. I'm, yeah. I can relate to that. That's about when I get up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yesterday was especially exciting. We're recording a day later today because uh, uh, just the the logistics of first day practices and stuff happened. But then on top of that, on my way home, uh, I had a tire basically fail on me. And so I had to get uh, new tires, two new tires for my truck. And so um, that took precedence over sitting down and recording. Yes, well, it should. Yeah. I tell you what, though, um, coming home from actually it happened last night because I had a, a meeting in the evening um, in the same area. So I came home during the day and the, the ride was just really, you know, rough and bouncy and terrible. And then I had the problems with the tire and got it fixed. Coming home later in the evening, it was like driving on glass. It was like, wow, what a difference, you know. And yeah. uh, it's funny because when it was happening initially, it was very subtle as it slowly got worse and worse. And I was thinking, well, it's just, you know. Boy, they need to fix this freeway. It's pretty, pretty rough. You know, that was my initial thought. Then after a while, I was like, wait a minute, this is more than just the freeway. There's something wrong with this truck. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm, I'm kind of that way on, on gas tank. I mm-hmm. just noticed that when I, I was out this morning, uh, and I got broken as I'm driving into the driveway, things got about an eighth of a tank of gas. And I said, oh, dang it. I, while I was out, I should have gone by the station. Yeah. And I have, and I didn't tell your mom yet. So hopefully she doesn't have something planned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you hate it when you figure that out as you're pulling into the driveway, right? Cause it's like, I'm not yeah. going to go back out. And, yeah. but, but yeah, it's also, you, you hate to get into a vehicle and find out that your first stop has to be a gas station. Or, or that you can't even get to where you're going. <laughs> right. Yeah, hopefully there's enough to get to a gas station. You know, there's so many, been, speaking of that, there's been several horror stories about people traveling during this uh, cold uh, wave, especially up north or uh-huh. with Teslas and other uh, EVs. Mm-hmm. And what a hassle it's been. And the, the, that commercial, I mean, it's been in the news so much that – you, you just know if you're running a Tesla or associated with that, yeah. that you cringe because yeah. it's really going to dampen sales. Yeah, those battery uh, systems don't handle really, really cold weather for a lot of days in a row very well. Yeah, well, well, what the one story that I really remembered was this gal. Well, I was listening to a live interview of, of her mm-hmm. about her experience, and she she called uh, one of those Uber kind of companies. I don't know if it right. was Uber, what it was, and yeah. the guy came to pick her up and he says uh and she recognized that it was a ev right away and she says you know uh how how soon can we get there and he says well he says 
what it says is, uh, you know, we can we can go for maybe a couple hours or something like that, or mm-hmm. 50 minutes or something. But but in this kind of weather, he says you got to uh, have that, and maybe a third of that is all you can really depend on. And mm-hmm. so that she figured out how to look on the, the big display in the in the car right away, and she figured out, oh gosh, we're in trouble. We might not even make it there. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact. He couldn't, and he ended up calling somebody else, one of his friends, to pick her up at some agreed-to location so that mm-hmm. he, could, he could get her moving on. So it actually cost him money to pick her up as a passenger because he had to hire some, somebody to get her there. Somebody else to get her the rest yeah, of the way. She was going to the airport, you know. She had to be on a plane. Yeah. So anyway, she, she was telling that story, and I thought, boy. That's- well, it's funny. You know, the, the Uber and Lyft, they have – you can say, hey, I want it to be a uh, – you know, an SUV or you can, you can, there's some, some different types of rides that you can spe- specify. Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to just add an option EV or no EV. <laughs> it's like, I do not want to be in an EV, <laughs> yeah. you know, or well, hey, when, you, I, when I you're mind. in a hurry, I'm not going to be picky. I, I want reliability. Yeah. I guarantee, you know, delivery yeah. of a certain amount. Exactly. Of I want to get there. Yeah. yeah. I know that I have a couple times used that to make an appointment when I had my car in the shop or something trying to make an appointment. And where I live in the middle of the day, there's not always drivers. I mean, I've never had a problem with a driver being available, but several times I've had a driver say they were going to stop. They would take my ride and then canceled it. And so then the system had to then get me another driver. And by the time they did that, now my arrival time was past my appointment. And so I just had mm. to call and cancel my appointment and and, and forget it. So, you know, yeah. what's supposed to be a reliable means of getting around is not always reliable. Yeah. And and then another thing I just read uh, this morning was, I guess, in Israel, they you know, that's desert environment, more mm-hmm. more so even than California. And No, uh, it's not more so than California. We've got desert that you could put the entire country of Israel in. But okay, go ahead. Well, I'm, you know, the Dead Sea is about as dry as you can get. The only reason that water Death Valley. Is huh? One word, death, or two words, Death Valley. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, anyway, the only reason that any water gets into the Dead Sea at all is because it runs off all the mountains for throughout the whole country, just about drains there. It's either go there or the Mediterranean. So <laughs> anyway, uh, apparently they had snowstorms and stuff in northern Israel, and as well as rain, and uh, it's so uncommon occurrence there that there's ditches and stuff all over the place, and so many flash floods, and a lot of them that even wiped out roads. You know, it was so bad, and that just made the news. You know, because it's so rare, mm-hmm. and so uh, that kind of thing can just you know ruin ruin your whole all your plans. You know, just about everybody. Oh you yeah, know, absolutely. Roads yeah, you disappear know, and. Roadway is now underwater. If you want to get yeah. there, you got to swim or bring a boat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, some people's lives are at risk because of it. So that's pretty scary. Yeah. I just showed you, I just sent you a, a map that shows the size of Israel versus the size of California. Oh, yeah. And now, the, the, <laughs> just just think about like, you know, the entire Western uh, Southern California half is all desert, nothing but, mm-hmm. you know, 115 to 120 degree summers. So, but at the same time, 
the northeastern side of California is like living in the forests of, of Oregon and Washington. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll tell you, though, what's really amazing is when I, I went to Israel and uh, mm-hmm. one of the real surprises was how green the Israelis have made that place since, uh, what, 73 or whenever it was. Yeah, they they're big started. into desalinization, right? Oh, yeah. That's where they but, get a lot of their water. But, but not just that. They plan ahead for these kind of events so that when uh, their projects, they can distribute that water and capture most of it before it gets into the Dead Sea or, or in, into the uh, Mediterranean. They, they have all kinds of ways to capture water when it, it suddenly appears and you don't lose it. It's too valuable, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's just the, a way to keep extending the green line because once you plant crops and get green ground cover, then the chances of maintaining it are pretty darn good. And so mm-hmm. they take advantage of every drop of rain that falls in the country. You know, I don't know if they stop at all from going into those two big bodies of water, but uh, uh, the majority of it is. The mm-hmm. ir- irrigation has totally changed that country. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, there's large desert places around the world that that's how it is. I mean, the yeah. entire Central Valley of Southern California is desert by nature. And mm-hmm. in fact, that's a big ongoing political issue within California is lots of the water from the Colorado River, like 70 or 80 percent. It's a big number. I don't know the exact amount is diverted for agriculture in California because mm-hmm. that that central valley is a huge breadbasket and feeds big chunks of the world and and, and besides and besides that California is in this big agreement with the other states surrounding states like Nevada and Arizona, Arizona and all yeah. of that too that all right. have laid claim to water right yeah how much of that water comes to, the bulk of it comes to California and uh and then the bulk of that goes to agriculture as opposed to Oh, yeah. uh, to individual homes for water and that kind of stuff. So, you know, we've had some, some, uh, you know, water rationing and stuff going on here. And it's a lot of people have complained and said, well, you know, divert some of the water away from the farmers. And of course the farmers are going, well, don't do that. You all want to eat, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, the, the current complaint is that apparently like to grow a pound of almonds takes like some ridiculous amount, like hundreds of gallons of, uh, maybe even thousands of gallons of water for just a pound of almonds. And we grow the bulk of the almonds eaten in the United States are grown in California. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the, uh, the water, uh, issue people have been complaining about the almond growers saying, you know, we can live without almonds. We can't live without water basically is their yeah. slogan. And but, so the all, but, the almond far, uh, uh, farmers have been feeling very under fire. But but at the same time, when you say that, at the same time, we've got universities out there figuring out how we can grow more almonds with less water. And sure. they're, they're going to have breakthroughs, too. Yeah. So, no, they're working the problem from every direction. Yeah. You know, and, and in California, too, I think you'd mentioned it before, and I've since read a couple things. We have like 13 functioning uh, desalinization plants as well. So they're trying to, you know, we may not have a lot of fresh water, but we've got a huge coastline. And, and so, you know, if we can take the salt out of the ocean water, that could solve a lot of problems if you can do it economically. 
And so um, there are, like I said, I think it's like the last I read it was like 13 or 16 desalinization plants that are running. And some of them are testing new technologies for desalinization to try to do it at, you know, higher volumes in economics. And some of them are, are just in production for uh, providing water in, into their local areas. So, so, you know, there's, there's lots of smart people working the problems from, from different directions. Um, so, you know, and I don't know about you, but I, I tend to be a technology optimist. I tend to think that if there's a problem out there, you get enough smart people working on it, they'll find a solution that works. Yeah. You know, generally speaking. That's been the really great thing about the university system. I say university primarily because a lot of those are re- have research yeah, yeah. arms. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, there's company sponsored research too. But yeah, anyway, uh, that's been the real marvel of, of yeah. keeping private enterprise and uh, yeah. What a lot of people don't realize is both the university and the private company research is very often funded by federal grants. Yeah, it's actually a lot of a lot of times it's the federal government that's paying for that research. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, that's been a big complaint about some of these um, uh, biotech medical companies charging so much for for their, um, uh, you know, when they have a new breakthrough drug, they charge a lot of money for it. And people go, well, you know, why are you charging so much? And they go, well, we have to pay for all of that development costs. And it's like, we already paid for that. Our taxes funded the research, you know, yeah. so we need to need to fix that 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 weird loop and check the math on it i think <laughs> check the math that's all my that's all i gotta say because i don't i don't begrudge anybody making a profit on on their work but but by the same token you know you you shouldn't be able to continually uh loot our wallets forever and ever in eternity because you because you had a great idea one time <laughs> you know yeah but you know? but i re- but i really like the idea of the, the- the ideas for a lot of these things are bottom up. You know, it's some researcher yeah. that sees the opportunity and uh, or uh, a professor who guides people in certain areas to point mm-hmm. them in potential areas of fruitfulness, you know. Yeah. So well, a lot of times it's it's they're, they're studying one area and then somebody will come along. You know, they're talking to a colleague and and he'll go, you know, if we took that idea and applied it to this other thing that's totally different. Yeah, you know what? We, that would be a breakthrough, you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's the wonder of things like the internet because it allows you to, you know, s- sort of share ideas. And you might be studying, you know, um, uh, longevity in hamsters, and somebody else will come over and say, "Well, this thing that you think was extending the longevity in hamsters also happens to kill off this type of cancer." Hey, we yeah. just invented a new cancer drug. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm especially marvel at this because at one point in my career, I was managing the development of uh, electronics aboard the, our strategic inter- intercontinental ballistic missiles, which mm-hmm. were very expensive, had big budgets at the time because we were in a in a competition with with our enemies, and so we, you know, pretty much felt we had to succeed. Yeah, and, a lot of resources and, going into it because there wasn't an option, and because I. My uh, office was developing the guidance control system. We needed batteries to operate. And Mm -hmm. so I was probably the first one to pour lots and lots of money into uh, uh, the the earliest – now I forgot the name of the the battery. The battery technology? Uh, Yeah, what's the one that's in the – The lithium ions? Lithium. Lithium. Mm -hmm. Lithium battery. 
So we were the big big funders for the earliest days of lithium. And uh, look where it is today. It's in mm-hmm. everywhere in your household, your cars, and all of that. So yeah, EVs you know, would not be would not be a thing without lithium ion batteries. That's right. Well, the whole business of battery technologies. Look what yeah. just that has done. Yeah, and that, well, that was also a part of. But I made the decision to fund, you know. We were just doing an article. We just talked about an article last week about the uh, company that in Japan, no, China, that has the, um, uh, what do you call it, the um, it was uranium battery, right? Or it was a nuclear battery that they were using. It was yeah. using, uh, and that um, that battery was something that NASA has developed. You know, that was something that they're using on spaceships. So yeah. it's, you know, and again, that was developed by the government for a specific use, but we're finding practical uses for it in other places. Yeah, but but I'm just saying, uh, you know, I didn't have any special training to know that, that this was something that we should spend the money on. I All I had was people telling me that if we're going to have this kind of a good guidance and control system, it takes just so much energy in order to operate that equipment. And we don't have any batteries to support that for operating the length of time of the flight or whatever it was. So we had all these trade-off charts that people had studied, you know, and bullet by bullet, we kind of honed down uh, to say, well, how, what are we, which way do we go over here? And that, that's how we made decisions, looking at all these different options and picking one. Yeah, know? yeah. And it didn't seem so consequential at the time, but looking back in history, it just seems like, wow, that's overwhelming that I even got to be a part of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. This this bit of technology was something. It was like, you know, there were lots of different options. This one fit the bill, and as as a result, that has been further developed and turned into something that has fundamentally changed. Yeah. The way, because, you know, the lithium ion battery, you know, we talk about, you know, we going to our name, Generation Tech, right? I mean, right. we both remember earlier portable devices, early cell phones and stuff that were using um, nickel metal hydride. And yeah, for, for those right. who don't didn't use that battery technology, it had one huge drawback in that it had what was essentially a memory. And so, if I charged my my phone to, uh, if my phone was had gone down to about fifty percent, and I needed to go out, and so I just wanted to charge it, I couldn't really top it off to 50, from fifty percent up because then it would never charge past fifty percent again. So yeah. you had to run okay. it all the way down before you ever charged it up, or you basically destroyed the battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because then true. the battery uh, once once or twice you do that, and now your battery is only able to hold half of what it was when you bought it when you you know had it brand new. Yeah. You know, and that's a major drawback on on a portable battery that's expensive. Yeah. You know, so I remember when lithium ion came along, that was the first one that really didn't have that memory, and that was a big deal for people who had portable devices. Yeah, you know, and in fact, with regards to these headsets and all the d- different display technologies that are competing, the the big thing to hold out is those that are saying, hey, my biggest contracts are with the government. In other mm-hmm. words, they're getting money to fund their research yeah. and improvement, improve the technologies they have. Yeah, And so that's a really good marketing claim because once there's government money involved, th- th- that's a tremendous advantage, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, uh, I mean you you gotta you gotta have enough progress that you can sell that to somebody in the military. But if there's somebody looking for it, uh, they got 
usually some, something behind it uh, because the government, uh, Pentagon sets priorities and all this on what mm-hmm. programs uh, are first and second and third and whatever. Sure. So uh, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah. So uh, I I'm especially impressed because I I remember those kinds of requests coming, you know, from the bottom uh, to somebody my, like myself who controlled the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and so uh, it, it uh, sometimes saved some little company that was going to be walked all over by some big company or. You know, uh, because they had a technology we couldn't do without. So we tell the big company, back off, buddy. We're not, we're not going, getting rid of them. Yeah. And so you better make your peace or you might be hurting. Yeah, it's funny because you almost yeah. feel like you need that in, in, in some respect for some of these non-government contracted things. You know, you see the, the go back to the Apple Watch issues right now and Apple battling with uh, Massimo, you know. And Massimo is mm-hmm. not a small company. They're a well-established company that has been building, um, you know, medical devices for a long time. They're not a patent troll. This is an actual company that makes things and is well-regarded in the medical world, you know. Yeah. And so they own some patents. Apple seems to think that that they shouldn't own those patents or that that their device doesn't violate these patents, but they've lost. They've, you know, they, they've had some of their patents va- invalidated, but there's, I think, two of them that are still standing. And they, and so rather than settle with them, they are blocking, they're, they're actually making their product worse for their customers. Apple is making their product worse for their customers than settling with Massimo. Yep. Now, that's not to say Massimo maybe is not settling with Apple either. You know, we don't know what's really happening on the inside. Yeah. Massimo may, may say, hey, we've got the big guy over a barrel. Let's, let's you know, rake him a little bit. Well, Make the, him other, the, other, the other thing that plays into this is for how long? How long can you play the game? Exactly. You know? There's a cost involved, right? Fighting yeah. and paying attorneys. and uh, But they're both big enough companies that they can pay attorneys for quite a while, I think. You know? Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just wish that, that they would seem this is where I feel like our patent system is failing us. Right. You know, it, it, it there should be I, I don't know, maybe it's not maybe it doesn't make sense. But it seems to me like if you're given a patent, you should not be able to deny licensing, licensing it people to people. But then there should be like a, a minimum percentage fee that they have to pay. And that should just be part of the law. So that way. We're not stifling innovation by using somebody else's stuff, but you get compensated. And there's no negotiating to be done. It's just here's the flat rate. You know, it's like if you're going to borrow, if you're going to use somebody's patent, you have to pay, you know, X percent of of the cost of manufacturing mm-hmm. that device or something to them. You know, and not the whole thing. Yeah. So it's like not not a percentage of the of the Apple Watch, but a percentage of the cost of the, you know the sensor that they have infringed upon. Yeah, you know. Uh, that's yeah, my feeling I anyway. Well, I feel like our patent system, while I understand the reasoning for it, has, more often than not is stifling innovation instead of protecting innovation. Well, I'll tell you, wherever the legal system gets involved, that's always the case. Those costs I really hate because they're not productive toward the customer. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and they're not. And, and, and it's because we're all fighting over money. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, and that's what the whole patent system does is it says once you have an idea, you can claim it as yours 
And now nobody forever after will be able to use that without paying you money. But the problem was, is it never ever decides what that money is. And so every time it happens, there's a negotiation and an argument and a fight and attorneys get involved yep. over how much you should be paid for whatever it is that it is you, you, you own the rights to. And, and it had, had a, a lot of it has to do with the skill of describing that original patent. So yeah. That you've got oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What the patent actually is for is very important. But the other thing that I think is I feel like the whole thing has then also been, um, you know, perverted by the um, big companies with money getting the laws changed to keep extending the life of the patent. You know, it just should not be in perpetuity. And that's essentially what it is these days. You know, you have a great idea. You should be given enough time to be able to recoup your costs and benefit from having had that idea. But at some point, that stuff should just become public domain. And it just seems like it's way too long, you know, and you can and 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 the original patent laws have been extended and extended and extended, you know, same thing with the copyright laws. I mean, it's ridiculous that, you know, that Disney 100 years in is finally having to give up. You know, the copyright to, you know, the silhouette of Mickey Mouse's face. It's a hundred, <laughs> it's taken a hundred years for that to expire because Disney kept lobbying and getting extended and extended and extended. It's like, we get it. We know Mickey Mouse is Disney. If somebody else does Mickey Mouse, we know it's a parody. It's not the real Disney. We know that. We're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's just a limitation as to man's capability to to manage these things. That, you know, you never get equity, right? You know, and I get it. There's a real sense of idealism, thinking that you can just just do right because just do never quite really works. Yeah. So, but it's irritating. It's frustrating. You know, yeah. and I if if like I haven't heard Apple say anything about having to do this, and I haven't seen anything. You know indicating that it would go that way but they've had that uh that pulse ox sensor that is you know apparently infringing on massimo's patent in devices since the apple watch 6 clearly apple can go in and block access to that and and deactivate that device by software nobody has said that they're going to go back and deactivate it in all existing devices that had that you know, so far, basically all they have said is that there's a ban on importing devices with that hardware in it anymore, you know, functioning hardware. And so they've yeah. disabled it. But, um, but, you know, uh, if, if it came to that, I would be really upset, you know, and, yeah. and the other thing that scares me is Apple's going to say, find out that they haven't really lost any sales because a bunch of consumers are going to go buy, continue to buy these watches that have had that blocked. Um, not even realizing that, that it didn't have the full functionality that it would have had had they been more aware or bought it before it got blocked. You know, so Apple's going to say, yeah, it doesn't matter. We still sell them whether it has the function or not. You know, yeah. people come in and say, just give me the newest watch. You know, right. I know they do that with phones. We've got family members who do that with their phones. I've had family members who did it two weeks before Apple introduced a new phone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you couldn't wait two weeks? Really? You could have bought the same phone cheaper or bought a new phone that did more stuff better. All you had to do was wait two weeks. Yeah. And, and I, what I got was just a shrug. It's like, needed a phone. Needed a phone, had, <laughs> had time to go down and talk to somebody and said, give me the, give me the newest iPhone. You know, and that was the newest one they had. It was yep. from last year. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wouldn't do that, but I but it also gave me an appreciation to how most people look at phones. It's yep. like didn't care. Perfectly happy. New phones better than the one I had before. You know, might not have been as good as the one I could have had if I waited a couple of weeks, but who cares? We we don't we're we're not an optimized world, you know? No. It's just good enough. I mean that's that's the rule. Yeah. It's good enough that I'm happy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it also depends on what's important to you. You know, there yeah. might be things in his life, uh, you know, that that he would be willing to, you know, wait for and look for and wait for it to come out and was expecting it that I could care less yeah. about. You know, it yeah. just so happens that I have a, a, <laughs> an affinity for technology. And so I'm watching that and I know when the new things are going to be released. And so I wait for that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it reminds me of uh, uh, last Sunday. I I bought a couple tickets to a dinner and dance, and mm-hmm. they, were, they were overpriced. But but it's a charity, you know. I yeah. said, well, you know, even if we don't go, I don't care, you know. And obviously, I can't dance unless somebody wants to push my scooter around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can still uh, eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and visit with some folks and have a good time. Sure, sure. Did you go to it yet, or just bought the tickets? No, it's it's coming up in March. Yeah, well, have a good time. Have a good time. But yeah, you know, you you did that basically as hey, I'm donating to a charity, and whether I go or not, it doesn't matter. That's right, and and usually I support these this group. It's a it's a uh, we have a lot of uh, immigrants from New York to down to. North Carolina, mm-hmm. and and a lot of them are Irish, and so it's a it's a very large Irish organization, mm-hmm. men's group, that puts on these events, and mm-hmm. every year they have they celebrate St. Patty's Day. Is the know? Order of Ancient Hibernians? Yes, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know and, how I knew that? I used to have a uh, high school teacher who was a very proud member of the Order of Ancient Hibernians. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, the connection to me is. The, the Irish drank beer, and so did the Germans, and I'm German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I don't care if you put some green color dye into my beer so it looks funny, you know? That's right. Uh, so. As long as they didn't mess, mess with the taste, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So uh, Apple is supposed to be the first client, no surprise at all, with TSMC's uh, brand-new 2-nanometer chips. So yeah. uh, Apple has been sort of in a habit of just whenever TMC's got a future technology ready to go, Apple says, fine, book us for all of it. <laughs> yeah, know? I wonder if these are, you know, I'll bet you two nanometer is an approximation. We went from five to three to two. Yeah. Well, and all of these numbers from everything I've been able to read are are not really accurate. It's, it's they're not saying that the spacing between everything on the chip is two nanometer. It the, the closest spacing on the chip is two nanometer, but there's a whole bunch of other things that, for various reasons, are further apart on the chip uh, in order for it to function and work well. Yeah, you know, because yeah. if you get certain things too close with, you know, you'll get crosstalk, even though they're not actually touching. It's just right. so close that you'll actually, you know, a signal going down one will affect the other. Well, well, that's um, a big part of it. Artificially created capacitors online, you know, mm-hmm. in electronics, that makes a difference. And yeah. anytime two conductors get close enough, they they make a capacitor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's. 
But anyway, they're estimating that uh, that their GPUs will pick up about 20% of uh, in speed and about 10% increase in CPU capabilities, uh, and and uh, about uh, about a hundred percent increase in neural engine capabilities on the iPhone and Macs. And you know, it'll this would probably be the like uh, A17 and the uh, 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 M or the A. I'm sorry, the A18 and the M4 chips. Yeah. So, which are so about thirty years ago, I used to manage uh, uh, integrated circuit contracts with different companies. You know, small, sometimes small companies for mm-hmm. developments and stuff. And we were in the millimeter range. <laughs> yeah, the distances funny? between components back then. Yeah, you know, but but part of that had to do with the fact that the the these uh, components were going to be used in nuclear weapon systems, and they had to be. Radiation hard was the big spec, and so their radiation hardness is still required in a lot of things. But you can go much smaller if you don't have that requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, so. that's why it was funny. I remember um, in in the last year, sometime they were talking about uh, one of the landers on Mars. And the processor that they're using in it is essentially a power PC like what used to be in Max. And people mm-hmm. were saying, well, why are they using an old power PC? And they said, because it's much, much more uh, hardy and hardened for being in that harsh environment because – of you know the amount of uh, just radiation in a in a near no atmosphere environment or very right. low atmosphere of Mars, they're getting all kinds of of solar radiation and just you know yep. issues from floating out in space. And uh, yeah, a modern CPU would be much less reliable in that instance. Right. So all of this has to do with basically environmental tolerances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of people don't think about stuff right. that doesn't that right. doesn't stay on Earth. And- right. Yeah, it's a much harsher environment than we're used to here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Ask uh, anybody who's been to the moon. Right. All seventeen of them. I don't know even how many are still alive. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed yeah. to send somebody back to the moon this year, but I guess it's been pushed back till twenty twenty six. Yeah, I was going to say, was this a commercial flight or something like that? that we well, it, it was supposed to be done by NASA in conjunction with SpaceX, I think. Was was how it was happening, yeah. um, uh, or maybe it was Orion, which is I think Boeing's coalition. Yeah. I think I think there was I think it was like SpaceX was providing the the launch rocket, and and the Orion group was doing like the capsule that was going to land and the lander. And so uh, anyway, they've had issues with pretty much all of it, and said you know we're not ready yet. Um, we've been testing, but we're not comfortable trying to hit a 2024, so we're going to back it up. So I think the current time frame is now 2026. Yeah. So. Well, you know, there's a lot of wealthy people who, out there who don't got money. They don't know what to do with, so they thought it would be a fun joyride, too, and to go do that. Yeah. But, but well, the fact but- is, is that... that Nobody wants to be responsible for their deaths if something goes yeah. wrong. Well, and at this point, it's not. It's this is we're not talking commercial uh, flights. These are actually NASA astronauts, and they've already identified the group of four oh, that are going to yeah. go initially. And apparently, this this capsule will handle four people, not three like the Apollo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but the, I think the long term plan is is that once we start going back to the moon, that they were, will build a um, a uh, permanent base there. Much like we've had the ISS for the last, you know, decade, um, sure. testing this. Now we're going to try to put a base on the moon, on the moon, and then use that as perhaps even a launch point to head on to Mars. So we'll see what happens. It's yeah. real interesting. They've got a lot of plans. 
And I'm glad to see us progressing because cool stuff like lithium ion and, and, uh, and, you know, nuclear based batteries come out of that, which then allows things like the computers and phones and all the toys that we like to do their things. Who who knows what'll be next, right? Man does their best work when challenged with, with difficult problems. Yeah. What we've done. We've, yeah, Gone solve the areas. impossible, and 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 uh, you create a bunch of cool stuff along the way. Yeah, yeah, you, you try try to tell people that they can't get something done, and they'll just prove you wrong every time. You know? Yeah, or at least over amount some amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of our other articles up here that we you'd pulled up was uh, Apple talking about um, uh, service revenues growing quickly, up over twenty five percent in the last uh, two years. It's interesting because I've read a couple things saying that the the two biggest things that are service revenue for Apple are selling games in the App Store. The vast majority of income on the App Store is from games, and then the second biggest thing is. The ten billion dollars a year they get from Google for making it the default browse engine, and that's considered a service income. Yep. And it's those two things: selling games and Google searches. Yep, I can imagine. So, I don't know about you. I have changed a long ago. Changed my default search engine on all my devices from Google to DuckDuckGo. And I I do that when I first get them. Yeah, I do too. And when I first, you know, when I first did it, I would go back to Google every once in a while and do a search there because I felt like DuckDuckGo wasn't giving me quite what I wanted. I can't tell you the last time I did that. I use DuckDuckGo all the time and I never go back to Google for searches. Yeah, I I just see no reason to uh, to just give information to a person who I think disrespects your the value of your stuff. You know, yeah, DuckDuckGo. Uh, sells placement of search results based on um, you know how often those search those keywords are. People can buy keywords basically or pay to have their their product pop up or their thing pop up in searches, and that's how they do their revenue. They don't sell any information that they gather about the people using it because mm-hmm. they don't gather any p- information about people who use it. Um, so that way they have a, a a solid revenue, but they haven't gotten greedy, right? Yep. Because that's yep. what Google used to do. But then he, Google got greedy and started collecting information about all of us. Yep. And so, yeah, I, um, you know, as long as it's a, a, a functional service. And it, when I first started using DuckDuckGo, like I said, there was still times when I'd go back to Google to find something because it wasn't quite, you know, I, I couldn't quite find everything I needed sometimes or, or get results that I wanted. But I can't, I can't even remember the last time I went to Google. Um, and when I did, they had changed the way the Google results looked. And it looked weird to me because I was used to the way my results looked when I did it through DuckDuckGo. Uh, so, which has got to be the worst name ever. I mean, I thought Google was silly, but DuckDuckGo, really? That's what you're going to yeah. call your search engine? <laughs> you know, just naming of any product is, always amazes me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because I see new product names all the time popping up for various things in the medical profession, you know, or supplements or Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, and they've, they're, you know, any little thing you might complain about, there's a pill for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so they try to get, they must look at a thousand words 
to figure it out. This is what we're going to call ours, you know? But, yeah, some of the names are ridiculous too. Like you hear the chemical name and you go like, well, it can't be that. Yeah. So, so what are we going to call it? We're going to call this one Squiggly Wiggly. Try new Squiggly Wiggly. But, but you know, then they, they actually have people, I guess, vote on this stuff. Does this sound like medicine or does this sound like yeah. uh, makeup or, you know, yeah. just I think that there, there are marketing players. firms that specialize in doing nothing but coming up with yeah. Uh, appropriate, interesting, and different-sounding names for products to be sold. That's, I'm sure that's a science. I mean, everything's yeah. a science these days. Yeah. People run experiments and come up mm-hmm. with some pretty sensible things sometimes. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't need science because we were able to predict this next one. It, <laughs> uh, it's been recently in the news that apparently somebody used an AI to create uh, pornographic images of Taylor Swift and they were on X, formerly Twitter, and they promptly were blocked everywhere they can be. But apparently they're, you know, once they're out there, they're, they're there. Um, and so it's, you know, they're on the internet somewhere. Um, but you know, we could see this coming, right? Anybody who's a popular person who's known, they're going to have AI images of them, you know, doing things or saying things that they didn't actually say or do, you well, know, obviously, es- you know, es- especially in the political world just prior to an election. Oh yeah. You, you, you don't want, you know, there's a prudent amount of time before an election where there's going to be falsehoods just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's always been, you know, quotes that were lies about the political opponent that end up in the in to get it put in the paper right or mm-hmm. on the web but now you're going to see video of Donald Trump or video of Joe Biden saying something that they never actually said that's right you know and it'll look perfectly real and it'll sound like them and it was totally made up and you know i don't know god help us yeah you know, it's it's it's, it's probably way beyond the, the the pope in a puffy coat did you yeah, see that now, one a while back? They had the the they had pope. the pope walking in this giant puffy jacket that was like all the way down to his ankles, so it looked like his robes, but it was one of those like real puffy ski jackets. Huh. <laughs> it was hilarious, and huh. and then of course they said, you know, this is not real. This was you know an AI generated pope in a pope in a puffy jacket. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, the item that I sent to you right after this is that uh, X plans. To hire 200 or 100, I can't even see that. My eyes are so bad. Content moderators to fill fill new trust and safety center in Austin, Texas. In other words, an entire center that deals with these fake things and what to do about it in, in the Twitter world. Because that's what freedom of speech really means. Is It doesn't work if you, if you can't deal with falsehoods. And so I, I don't know what they're going to come up out of this with, but, you know, uh, at least Musk is making the effort. I think just the announcement of this mm-hmm. has something to say that, you know, you're, you're not going to be left to run free. On stuff, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, you know, that's, they're, they're doing what they can, but you, you figure how many million, millions of, of messages go back and forth over that system in a day and a group of a hundred people is not going to make a dent. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I applaud them for trying to do it, but frankly, the only way to fade, fake or to fight these kind of fake AI images is to have an AI scanning for them and then 
flagging them so that then people can uh, make a call. And maybe that's what it is. This hundred well, people is just looking at things that have been flagged by, you know, an algorithm and AI uh, that's going through and, and trying to find things that could possibly be bad. Yeah. Uh, I refer to this as software, software warfare. And it's truly what it is. It is. Because, absolutely. And so, uh, I applaud, uh, Oh, what's his name? <laughs> Musk. Elon for foresight and uh, hopefully because he, he's kind of at the forefront of trying to get to uh, allow people total freedom of speech, but at the same time avoid. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you should have freedom of speech, but but just like in any case, you can't uh, you can't tell lies about people and get away with it. Right. You know, not on a public forum. That'll get everybody in trouble. Did you see I sent you uh, pictures of the AI generated Pope in the puffy jacket? Uh-huh. I hadn't seen that before. That's yeah, funny. that was a big thing recently. And it's like, it's, you know, you look at it and you go like, maybe. And then you go like, no way. <laughs> uh, well, they could put pretty much anybody's head on. Yeah, like yeah. Because, I mean, frankly, it's a puffy jacket. So pretty much all you can see is his face. But, but apparently but, the whole image was AI generated. So that's not even a photo of the Pope. Yeah. yeah. You know. So. And you wouldn't know that by looking at it. It looks like either a really good photo chop job uh, or the Pope actually has a puffy jacket. It's oh, one of those there's, two. <laughs> there's no limit almost to the realism that can be achieved with these things now. Yeah. So so that's why it's so dangerous. Yeah. How, you know, the average person won't be able to know truth from falsehoods. I mean, you have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's that that's the creepiness of it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But so, anyway, there are companies now totally dedicated to that task, at least mm-hmm. within within the uh, world of X. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Apple's M2 MacBook Air is like kind of been selling for right right around a thousand bucks, which tells me that the the old body style on the M1 MacBook Air is probably not long for this world. You know. I, I wanted. I'm curious to, as to why this is. What's what's driving that? It it has to be that uh, something else. And I'm thinking it might have something to do with a combined Mac with a iPad. Because now I didn't don't think I put it up here, but there's several people, more than one, talking about the new iPad to come out this year, especially the pros toward the end of the year. That will, in fact, be the iPad computer that we've been talking about for many years. Yes, the one that has been long dreamt of by me, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, I can see that coming. I don't know that that's the thing, though. You know, Apple has always wanted to have, or at least it seemed to target, a starting entry price uh, for the uh, MacBook at about $1,000. But when they introduced the... Excuse me. The uh, the M2 they kept the older Mac at the thousand dollars, the M1 version in the older body style, and I mm-hmm. think it was because production costs on this were still a little bit higher, and they didn't want to give up that profit margin. Yeah. Now well, that this... they've been making this for a while, they're able to sell this at that lower price. I bet they're going to drop the the uh, like in the next iteration when this one goes to M3, uh-huh. they'll probably or when the M3 comes to the 
the uh, MacBook Airs, they might keep the M2 around and get rid of the old M1 with the wedge shape. You know, that body style, that that wedge shape has been around for over a decade now. Yeah, that's the the one I have. I've got the uh, the M1. Uh, Well, you have the M1 Pro. It's a 13-inch. Yours is the Pro. Yeah, it's a Pro. That's right. Yeah. I have a MacBook Air. M1. And so it's, it's got that, but it looks just like the, if you saw it, I mean, it's like the, uh, I don't know, I was trying to think, uh, a couple versions back, a couple years back, they, they shrunk it by like three quarters of an inch in each direction. But the basic look of it has been the same for, uh, for over a decade now. And it's the one that's like thicker in the back and real thin in the front, that kind of blade. Right. Look, you know, and so I think they're going to just phase that out and they'll all be this, this newer kind of, you know, tapered edges, but, but same thickness all the way through. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I, I think I'm holding my last MacBook ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, once I, I, I did at one point said I want an M1. Right. And, uh, and of course, then after that, I'll, Next iPad will probably right. be an M, M3 or an M2 or something, whatever. Yeah. But but the but the big thing coming up on the next iPad is the display uh, that's LCD. Okay. And, you mean OLED? Uh, OLED. I'm sorry. Yeah. It didn't sound right when I said yeah, it. OLED. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I was gonna say they are. They've been liquid crystals for a long time, but the uh, right. in fact they've even had the li- liquid retina, which is what they've been calling the most recent ones. Yeah. And and right now the large iPad has the um, the uh, what do they call it the uh, micro backlighting, so that it's it's uh, got lots and lots of little LEDs behind it to light up different sections so that it's it's and and the 11 inch one doesn't even have that so the best the best monitor that you can buy from apple is either their six thousand dollar pro display or a 12.9 inch ipad that's better than laptops it's better than everything but apparently they're all going to oled and and the rumor is the, the, the and in my world the long awaited hallelujah rumor is that you'll be able to you know click a, a button or or click something on the screen or reboot it into a mac mode assuming that you have a pointing device and keyboard available because macs require yeah. pointing devices and keyboards right and i would love that because that means I, I only have to carry one device i don't have to go into mac that often but there are some things that just work better on a mac than work better on an ipad yep you know yep and so I would like to be able to stay using the Mac when I need it. But so that means when I travel right now, I generally carry an iPad and a Mac and a phone and a Kindle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If I could whittle that down a bit, I'd be real happy. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I uh, uh, one of the display guys was making the case that for travel purposes, instead of lightweight display, you know, displays like 15 inch because to me a 15 inch display is something I'd I'd really like to have. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing about this is this is a 15. We're talking a thousand dollar 15 inch MacBook Air, not the 13 inch. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, uh, but I I uh, (coughs) when when it comes down to what do you really like to to uh, have uh, in an ideal world, he says. I want a little tiny thing like maybe an iPhone size or smaller even that's got my processor and it's self-cooling and all that, mm-hmm. you know. And from that, drive uh, 
a display when I need it and where I need it. And yeah. if, if, if you're just on the go, just glasses will do. And they don't even have to be these kinds of uh, uh, Apple Vision Pro type of quality glasses. You know, you could, there's a lot of things you can do that would be, a, could, could be an adequate substitute for a computer uh, list uh, or a display. Mm-hmm. You just don't. You just don't need need 15 inches worth. If you have the right thing, you could make it look like it's a 15 inch device in front of you, or a 30 inch, or whatever is just right. But the actual display device is much smaller. You know, because who wants to carry laptops around anymore? Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I I agree. I you know, the, to me, it, this is something that Samsung has done for a while. And I, although I'm not a uh, a um you know android guy but samsung has a uh it's it's capital d e capital x they call it the dex system and what dex does is it allows you to uh plug your phone in and then into like a monitor and then your phone use the phone processor with a keyboard and a mouse if you want it so you can use it as a desktop desktop device, but when you're done, you just unplug it and take the phone with you. So everything is in that device. It becomes your mm-hmm. desktop computer. It becomes your phone. It, you know, it's it's both. And I always thought that was a great idea. I yeah. tried doing that once for a while with um, uh, I plugged an Apple TV into my computer monitor and then did screen sharing. So I was using my iPhone and did screen sharing and attached a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard and used that as a desktop. And it actually worked reasonably well, but you were still running iPhone software on what was now a desktop device. And Mm -hmm. so it would really be nice if they supported a mode where when I did that, I was now running a desktop operating system, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because as it is, I move stuff back and forth between my desktop and my phone and my iPad all the time, you know, and I've got files that are, you know, I open a Word file and I can open it on any of those devices and save it back to the cloud and then open it on the other device and save it back to the cloud. I can read it. I can edit it. I can, you know, and I do that with Word and Excel and PowerPoint and PDF files and links to, to spreadsheets. And there's just a whole bunch of different things that, you know, I use them differently on different devices. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do that all just from one device? Yeah, and, and and we all know that the 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 processor in our phones today, if you got the biggest best phone uh, processor, mm-hmm. uh, is more than adequate to do all of those jobs. The processor is not the problem, but you should. But you and ideally, you'd like to say, well, I've got a processor. Why can't I use it to do all those things? It's just a yeah. matter of allowing you to connect interconnect them you know in, mm-hmm. in the right way and and so um, and they should all be small and easily portable you know mm-hmm. and easily assemblable if you will if, if that's the word you you use or connectable uh, and yeah. uh, it's it's a know. new new version of modular computing right right yeah sort of yep uh but you know we we we've all kind of in our minds brought that down to first of all let's join the iOS world with the uh, 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 Mac 
let's see. With the Mac. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Apple's, you know, making swapping back and forth devices easier with things like continuity and, you know, cut, you can cut and copy and paste or you can cut and copy on one device and paste it on another device. But, you know, Apple's perspective is of the world is we sell really great devices. And so I don't think there's a whole lot of motivation for them to say, let's find a way to use less devices. Of course not. You know, there's no motivation to them to say, hey, we've got a processor, we've got memory, we've got storage on this one device in your pocket, and you can use it in your pocket. How about when you're not using it in your pocket, how can we use it in, you know, uh, with a keyboard and a monitor, you know? Or how can we use it projecting into virtual space on your face, right? Why use one device when we can sell you a whole other device for $3,500? Yeah. I also watched a video on YouTube uh, by a company that right now I think has still just got two people. They both came from Apple, and uh, they their whole concept was we don't even need a printout device in most cases. And I think you you and I looked at this uh, article before, but the guy has this thing in his pocket, and so you can hold your hand out, and it'll project. what you need to see on your hand or something you know yeah yeah it was i can't remember exactly how it was like it was projecting on your hand from like uh the the wristband from a watch or something like that so so that that became your display device was your actual hand yeah which and and you and you don't have to do that very often at least for his way of thinking Mm -hmm. that that you could you know you could do pretty much anything you wanted it was enough of a display that it would take care of them yeah. Well, I think much like when we, we remember we started talking about the um, the Ray-Ban Meta glasses, mm-hmm. it, that, that I think we, we tend to relay, rely on visual displays for a lot. And there's probably a lot of things that we don't really need the visual display or we just need minimal information visually. And in some cases, it's even distracting to have stuff visually in front of you. And so, you know, if you can get information, you know, in your ear – Without having to have a display that takes your your vision away from what you were doing to focus on it, that might right. not be a bad thing in some instances. And I don't know that we've found the perfect balance yet. Certainly, there's been uh, you know it's it there's an ongoing meme in our society right now about you know phone zombies walking around staring at their hand because they're holding a phone in it. You know, I mean, we see it all over America, right? You, you right. can't go anywhere in public without somebody. If, if not having their phone out, pulling their phone out and, you know, people with their phones walking in telephone and light poles and, you know, stepping off of a curb without looking for traffic because they never looked up because they're so focused on what what's happening in their hand. Yeah, um, this next idea is sort of playing with that whole concept, isn't it? It is. I Like I said, they, I, I, I seen this in a... Uh, I don't know if it was Verizon or T-Mobile or somebody had it in one of their stores one time. And it was really compelling. Not so compelling that I was ready to switch to a Samsung device over my iPhone. But uh, but it makes you think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Made me yep. think about it. And, and you know, we, we have almost enough technology, like I said, to make this work. Because I had um, – I just share screen – I did a screen share to – the monitor from an Apple TV that was plugged into it through an HDMI port. And so I was able to set my phone down, 
share the screen and then pair my Bluetooth uh, mouse and keyboard to my phone, and I pretty much had a a um, you know a phone mm-hmm. working as a desktop computer, and yeah. it certainly certainly had you know quite a bit of capability. And I'm telling you, this is when I had like an iPhone four or five, so it's been a while. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried it recently. Actually, I think now that we're talking about it, I actually might try it again and just see how that works. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've got a monitor right here in front of me that supports uh, AirPlay directly to it. So I could, you know, yeah. sit down. I don't even have to plug in the Apple TV. I can AirPlay directly to the monitor to share my screen. And all I have to do is pair my Bluetooth keyboard and mouse to the to the phone. Well, uh, AirShare works, but if... Basically requires a uh, uh, an adapter, uh, which is small, but uh, to convert to to do the AirPlay connection. Uh, if it's built I, into your TV, it'd be better. It is built into this into my monitor, and it doesn't require an adapter. I mean, oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, like I did it before. I used previously. I used the. Um, uh, Apple TV. I just plugged the Apple TV into it and then air shared to the Apple TV oh, so that okay. I could get my video on there. That's how I did it when I did it yeah. years ago. But oh, the, okay. the, the monitor that I have now is actually a 4K TV as well. And it has, um, airplay built into it. So I can just oh. do the screen share, the, the air share directly to that device. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to, okay. so I don't have to plug in anything. It's just, I literally yeah, have. That, that- yeah, my TV does that too. Yeah, I have a Bluetooth keyboard and a Bluetooth mouth literally sitting in front of me. So all I have to do is pair them to the phone and share the video, and I could be doing that. Yep. Um, so I may try that, you know, just for some desktop work and see how that feels, yep. you know. I I have a feeling, this is, this is funny, I have a feeling that the, uh, like the Office-type tools that will work best are going to be the browser-based ones. Like Google's Sheets and Google's Write software, so I may find that that if I want to do this, it works well. But you just use the web-based, you know, versions of Office tools, yeah, rather than than apps that are built to work at the phone size. Yeah, if I use web-based apps, then they I think they they work better. I, I will bet they will. And then, see, a lot of those didn't even exist when I did it before. So I had to just yeah. run apps for everything. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what kind of combinations of things that uh, can be put, you know, put together uh, and and uh, and work well together, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh might might have to write an article, review and submit it to one of these yeah. prestigious papers or something. Right? See if I can steal some of Apple's thunder when they're trying to roll out their new uh, Vision Pro, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, I don't, you don't want a Vision Pro. Just use your the desktop computer you have in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I've got that. I've got my little thirty dollars plastic headset that I can snap my phone into and get full three D there. Yeah. <laughs> have I got you everything I need. I don't have to spend any money. Uh, okay well i'd like to wrap here pretty quick okie doke i think we've kind of gone through a lot of what we wanted to talk about i don't know if there's uh what what else was it uh yeah nsa buys personal data no surprise we talked about the 
the uh, glasses, and we talked about booking Vision Pro stuff, and that was kind of it. So yeah, I think the, we hit all yeah, the, the highlights, the, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a big deal, that any government in, intrusion into collecting information on citizens violates the Constitution in my book. Yeah, you know? yeah. Essentially, what was happening is they're saying the NSA is not the, the NSA is not saying that they they obtained it illegally, but they basically went out and found stuff that had been illegally obtained, and then just bought it from the pirates that obtained it. Yeah. Well, so, that's, that's, you know, that's that's, that's, that, I was going to say that's kind of a fine line there, isn't it? It's it's like well, we it's not like we got it illegally. We bought it. We knew it was illegal when we bought it. But you know what? In a court. Generally, if you buy stolen goods and you knew they were stolen goods, you're guilty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to jail. So, uh, you know, I don't see any reason that the NSA should be allowed to get away with that when I can't. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not that I'm planning on doing anything illegal, but or, yeah. you know, buying anything that was illegally or ill gotten. But in, uh, in, in my book, if there's anybody who deserves distrust, it's our our government and the bigger part of government makes it even worse so i'm i'm anti-feds in most yeah. cases of security and information content and all that yeah because they can do the most damage and then down to the flows on down to the state sure. local government and all of that right well i will say the very fact that this article is being posted in a nine to five mac uh, uh link is indication that that at some level the watchdogs are working because they found out about it. They're making it public so that yep. the people can take action so that, you know, our representatives, they, they mention a Senator Wyden here, uh, can, can go in and say, Hey, wait a minute. They, they need to stop this and we need to put some, 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 uh, you know, put a leash on that dog. So. Yeah. This is an end gadget article, isn't it? Uh, 95 Mac. Are we talking about the same article? NSA buys personal data illegally. Oh, I, I clicked on the wrong thing. Yeah, got the wrong article. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there there was a couple other in, in gadget posts, like the the 15 inch MacBook Air at 9.99 was one, but this one is uh, the fine folks at 95 Mac. By the way, I just wanted to quickly say two things. One is I shared a, an article with you. Uh, uh, Om Malik uh, does a review of the um, Apple Vision Pro. And uh, he always has, I think, an interesting take on stuff. Uh, he's also somebody they follow in my photography app, Glass. He's also a, a fine photographer, has a very unique style or a very specific style, at least that he's been working in recently. Um, and I like it. And so anyway, I shared his review. And then secondly, I just want to throw out a happy birthday. Uh, February 1st is uh, what I call my, my brother-in-law once removed, my, my brother's wife's brother. So it's my sister-in-law's brother. So brother-in-law once <laughs> removed. Uh, happy birthday to... Um, um. <laughs> oh, what's his, oh, what's yeah. his name? Oh, what's his name? Monty. Uh, uh, happy birthday, Monty. And uh, hope you're well. And I'll see you soon. So um, anyway, that's all I had to say. You got anything to add? I was just going to say, because you brought up birthdays, I think for the last two weeks, we have friends or family that have had birthdays on my calendar every day. Yeah. yeah. You share your birthdays on your calendar. So it's like you see them all the time, right? Yeah. 
And so I, they come up, they were gonna bring it, pick up my iPad in the morning, you know, and I said, Oh, mm-hmm. here's another one. And just, I, how long's the stretch gonna last, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's really, uh, amazing. Yeah, you got it. You're on a good run here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so celebrating, uh, anyway, celebrating uh, a birthday is always a positive thing. So it's hard it's like, to believe hey. we got through this without saying football, but uh, yeah. we're looking to forward to the Chiefs taking the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to uh, San Francisco winning, and the only reason I say that I, I really could care less one way or the other is then I can say, well, we lost, but we lost to the Super Bowl champs because <laughs> my Packers woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? I mean, I thought they had one really bad call that should have been a first down and they didn't give it to him. But we also had a guy drop a clear pick six, one of our defenders, and our and our field goal kicking unit screwed up and missed field goals that they shouldn't have. So, you know, we did yeah. it to ourselves. But I'll tell you that every team that lost in these last week or two can say about the same thing. There's always something because yeah. there was Good games. Really they really games. were. Given that the first, the first uh, wild card weekend, they were just blowouts, and you're like, "This yeah. is terrible." You yeah. know, it was like you know, forty to three, and you know, you're like, "Ah." I mean, the last, very- the last, the last shocker was I was among them. I went to bed thinking Detroit's got that game. Oh, they were blowing them out. Yeah, yeah. And then it just, it just flipped at the halftime. It, it seems just- so over early. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what was it? it? Was like twenty-seven to three or something like that at halftime? Yeah, something, something like that. He says, well, yeah. go to bed. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Woke yeah up I wonder how many people on the East Coast did that because you know it's it was a late game, oh, and so a lot of people just did. said, "Yeah, it's this is no good. It's over." I I, I can't num- count the number of play- times I've heard that on the radio and on TV and yeah. whatever. Lots of people yeah. did that. Yeah, on this coast, of course, you know it was earlier in the day, so we, everybody stayed up and watched it and just was yeah. like, "Really." That's what you're gonna, you're gonna collapse like that, huh? Okay. So, I mean, frankly, I thought, you know, they had, uh, Detroit had a great year and a miraculous season for a, for a city that's not had a winning football program in a long time. But, uh, they, they got what they deserved. They just fell apart. That was just terrible. So. Anyway, the, the real exciting game was when KC beat Baltimore. It surprised me. I honestly, yeah. If, if you'd asked me going into it, I figured Baltimore was the strongest team and was probably the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And I thought Detroit, uh, San Francisco could go anyway. Um, and since I don't really have a dog in the hunt anymore, I didn't care too much about which one goes in. But you know, it makes for an interesting talk because you've got Patrick, uh, uh, Mahomes, the young phenom. I mean, he's still only 27 years old, and he yeah. could be going winning his third f- Super Bowl. And then you have the guy who was the last person picked in the draft, literally the last person, like the 296th person picked in the draft, leading the San Francisco team uh, offense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and and doing whatever it takes to win. So, you know, yep. Interesting conversations either way. So we got what this week. This week is nothing, right? And then, or are they doing a Pro Bowl still? I don't know. I don't, I don't care. Know. I never watched the Pro <laughs> Bowl anyway because nobody was trying. Nobody cared. And right. then, uh, and then the following week is Super Bowl Sunday. So, all righty. Well, so, let's enjoyed it. We'll uh, say goodbye to you all, and thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back again next week on Generation Tech. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.